Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And welcome to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by, of course, the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure you check out greatlakesdragway.com for all the season ticket info coming up on the 2018 season. And uh, yes, it is the Daytona 500 show. It's going to be a short show on the air today, only a 30-minute show because we were being preempted by Amro's Hockey do not fret as we will be doing a bonus 30 minutes uh, off the air and that will be posted later uh, via, of course, the uh, 105.7 FM, the fan website and, of course, iTunes. So make sure you check in for that as Jeff and I go through the field and get our picks and get everybody's picks, actually, for the this coming uh, Daytona 500 up tomorrow. And uh, today we got a little bit of uh, news, of course, and uh, a couple people getting kicked out and some uh, 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 kind of a goofy situation in qualifying for Xfinity this morning. Jeff, what's the story with these crew guys now? Well, this morning uh, we had, a, with Austin Dillon's car, he had a rear suspension violation. It was discovered in pre-qualifying inspection. Uh, because of that, his crew chief has been thrown out of the okay. Xfinity garage. Uh, with uh, with Harmon, uh, his car failed inspection four times for pre-qualifying inspection, so he was tossed out as well. You know, this is the whole thing with NASCAR now about trying to penalize guys the right. weekend of instead of the week after. That makes sense. Uh, today in qualifying, this is a goofy situation, and this is the this is the kind of situation where you just, as a fan, and and as if I'm the car owner and driver, I I, I I'm just this is kind of ridiculous. Um, okay, here's the situation. Uh, Matt Tift and Will, uh, is it Matt Williams? I believe yeah, two Matts. John uh, Josh Williams, sorry. Uh, the number two of Matt Tift and the number 90 of Josh Williams had their times disallowed for, for failing post-qualifying inspection. Thrown out. Okay. So what happens then, you get a shuffle because of the provisionals and then speed and whatnot. So what happened was, so Tift and Williams, they, they get thrown out. But they both made the race on provisionals. 
And then what happened because of that, because Tifton Williams didn't make it on speed, that moves the bottom guy, the next guy up on speed, that would be Greg Alding. So he gets in on speed. Timmy Hill, who made it in on the last provisional, he gets thrown out. So here, here, Timmy Hill, okay, I'm in. You know, I, I run the series the whole year and everything last year. I go down to Daytona. My car passes ins- inspection. It's not the fastest. I'm doing everything by the rules. I, I, okay, I'm in on provision. Two guys get disqualified. I'm out of the race? <laughs> I know. What? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's brutal. That is ridiculous. I'm parking the car. Hey, NASCAR, when Dover comes around or some of these other races in, in, in June, July, and August, and you guys are calling up car owners saying, we're going to pay for your gas. Don't worry about entry fees. We got to get some cars uh, to the track. You know, yeah, it, I tell them to go screw it. I know. It, I'm it's sitting a year out. It's got to leave such a sour taste in your mouth. It's Daytona. I know. I know. Biggest biggest purses so, of the year. Which are crap in the Xfinity series well, and course. truck series. I mean, it's an utter joke. It is. And it's like, hey, uh, you know, no, you're out. So two guys get disqualified. And I'm out of the race. Yeah. If I'm Timmy Hill. There's not nothing to say except, you know, the just the sheer anger that he's gotta feel. I, I'm I'm just you know, you gotta be sick if you're all the crew guys, car owner car owner, if he's got some you know, and, and you know, team like that, it does have a lot of sponsorship. So it's a lot of, you know, friends and that that kind of pitch in. So who's ever on the car, you know, I'm sorry, I don't know who's on the car, but Bob's aluminum siding or whoever, I'm sure they maybe came down to the Daytona because it's Daytona and Tim Eels probably saying, well, we're looking at the numbers here. We should be all right. Uh, we should get in on a provisional at least, you know, because, you know, looking at all things because, you know, if you run the series, the provisionals are there to protect you and boom, there you go. I, I just back, you know, back in my day, disqualification meant you're out. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Out. Out of the race, I know it's it's unreal. It, uh, you know, it's it's NASCAR. It just <laughs> it's NASCAR. It it doesn't make a lot of sense, start, but it's NASCAR. Then yeah, then then start. It, it's just ridiculous. But, you know, and it's hard not to be vindictive, like you well, said, when they come then calling. Start forty one cars. Well, yeah, exactly. Hello, they they ran forty three forever. Right. And then they cut it to 40. They can't even fill that on most weeks. Run 41. What difference does it make? They have a they have a law, you know, e- e- EFRI, except in rare instances where they can kind of, you know, pencil in whatever rule they want. Yeah, exactly. And, and this would be a perfect example. You know what? This is one of these things when you drop the rules, it, it, it's an unfair situation. It's Daytona first, you know, first race of the year. You know what? We're gonna stick. You know what? We're gonna stick you. We're gonna put you in at the back of the field because we want to make things right. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me. Who's gonna Who's gonna complain? I have no idea. It, you know, like I said, it, if it doesn't make sense, because it's by nice. the time lap, you know, by fifty, you know, fifty laps in, they're gonna be down half the field anyways because these idiots are gonna be crashing into each other. So it doesn't matter, right? So I mean, fifty laps is generous. Yeah, I would say by lap twenty, a third of the field is out. <laughs> so why not start forty-one cars? 
I I can't answer. I don't know. I this don't is know. this is what gets frustrating for for me as media member, fan, somebody who's been watching this. This is the kind of stupid stuff that USAC used to do when I grew grew up at the Milwaukee Mile. Some stupid rule or something that just didn't make sense. Everybody was against it. It didn't better the sport in any way. And you know, while it's a rural, a rural is a rural, you know, type thing. No, no, I mean, you, you know, you screw up, you correct it. You know, <laughs> with NASCAR trying so hard, you know, with the quote unquote playoffs and, you know, a one lap race to figure out who the champion is, throw out the other mm-hmm. 35 that you ran the whole season. You know, it's, it's like football and not being able to tell what a catch is. Right. It's just these stupid rules. And we, we talked last year a, a hundred times about how NASCAR's rule book is so huge, convoluted, it's stupid, right. you know, and they really need to get back to the drawing board. Yeah, it, 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 there were, you know, there there were certain things. And, you know, if, if you watch FS1, they had some of the old races, old races on and whatnot. And they, they were talking about when Richard Petty went went drag racing in 1965 because they banned the Hemi. Right. And, you know, that was a situation where, because in 1964, Petty won the Daytona 500 by more than a lap. What happened was Ford was the dominant car. Plymouth and Petty in that was a a young team coming up. Richard was, you know, in his 20s. His father, Lee, had just retired. And they were an up-and-coming team. But the, the Plymouth just didn't have the horsepower at that time. But, you know, like short tracks, there was a lot of short tracks on the schedule back then and whatnot, and they would win a lot of those races. But the big tracks, the Petties and the Plymouths and, and all, the Mop- or all the Mopar guys, you know, didn't really have the horsepower. 64, they came out with the Hemi, about 100 more horsepower than, they, than everybody else. Well, Petty wins the Daytona 500 by more than a lap, and then he basically swept all the super speedway races like Charlotte, and, and, and Darlington and all those. And Bill France, like, you can't have this. And you got Ford, Ford's bitching, complaining, and say, you know, what the, what the heck, we're going to pull out. At that time, there's more Fords and Plymouths. So Bill France says, we're banning the Hemi. Well, Plymouth says, well, okay, you're, you're done, Richard. Uh, we're, we're going to send you drag racing, which they did. He raced at Barracuda in, in drag racing. It was like a pro stock dragster type thing. And, um, he went racing and he talked about it. And then, uh, also some of the other, uh, Chrysler teams, they went USAC racing, USAC stock car racing, which included tracks like Milwaukee. So guys like Bobby Isaac, David Pearson, those guys raced at the Milwaukee mile in 1965. Well, then Bill France kind of goes, uh, about the time of the firecracker 400 goes, okay, we're going to, we're going to let the Hemi come in, but only at one mile tracks and, and less. And so they brought the Hemi back and the Petties started to come back and then eventually uh, Ford up their game and everybody. But, you know, it was like Big Bill France is trying to equal the playing field. and But he always, in the end, Big Bill always tried to make everybody happy, you know, and, and the, the sport really ex- excelled off of that trying to even the playing field, trying to keep everybody happy. And there was times, you know, when, when uh, Bill Jr. took over and in the 80s, it did get a little, it, it did start to kind of get irritating with all the complaining because everybody, because Daryl Waltrip was the first one who went to the media to complain. And he did his politicking through the media. 
And so, you know, the guys would complain about the Ford Thunderbirds when Elliot came and all oh, those, they're too much. And then the Ford Monte Carlos and then Luminas. Everybody was complaining about the Arrow, the Buicks, the Oldsmobiles. I guess we didn't know how good we had it back then with all these cars, you know. It's, and, but they, everybody was politicking, you know. But you know what? It was, that was the deal. And it was great racing. I'm, it was, Watching those, watching those old movies, I'm watching the uh, 88 Daytona 500, the in-cars. Those cars are moving around, which they're doing. I, I'll give them credit. They are doing that Finally. this year. Right. We got some cars the guys have to drive. Yeah. So, um, but it should be a great race. I'm looking forward to it. I hope so. You know, the uh, watching the, the duels, the, the first duel, man, besides the couple accidents that happened, that was just a total snooze fest. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I I didn't know if I was going to be able to stay awake through the second one, but then the second one was actually There's exciting all, racing. It's, it seems to be it's it's a tale of two races for the duels. There's, there's always seems to be one that has more accidents than the others. There's usually a clean one, and then there's one with a lot of wrecks. There's one with a lot of passing, and then one that's a snooze fest. It always seems that way. Well, there's what eight guys going to backup cars uh, to start the 500. So, you know, there was definitely some uh, some d- bent up fenders uh, going on. But uh, you know, obviously, I hope that the 500 is more like duel number two than duel number one. Right. But there was tons of great stories. You know, look at uh, Bubba Wallace and how well he ran. And uh, that's that's a good story. Absolutely. I tell you, let, let, let's talk about that when we come back. We'll also talk about Johnny Sauter's win last night in the truck race. When we come back to the final inspection show, brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway. Last night, the truck race, Jeff Rolowski. What did you think of that? It was a good race. You know, it was kind of boring for at least the first half, and then it picked up at the end, and that finish was amazing. It could have been better, though. It could have. Scott Legacy. Oh, God. Don't listen to your spotter. When you see the, I mean, either somebody has to get blamed there. Either the spotter. Wasn't quick enough seeing that second row come up, or Legacy just didn't hear him or something. But I'm thinking, okay, Legacy, make your move, make your move, make your move. And then he kind of does. And then when he, making the move that late, screwed up that second line then. Oh, I know. I know. And and it shuffled him back. I think he right. finished, what, fifth? He screwed up. He screwed the pooch in that one. Oh, it, I mean, it was like. I can't. I, it was a perfect combination of suck and <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is which is a shame because yeah, it was. I was. It would have been a fantastic finish. It would have, and I'm a solder guy. I'm yeah, cheering right. for solder, but I'm cheered for for legacy. I want a good too. finish too, though. Yeah, I want him to fight for it a little bit. Oh, you know? I know, I know. But it was it was became a wildly entertaining race. I, I liked it. Yeah, I just just kind of shake your head. 
and you know Scott Legacy his dad raced um uh, watched his dad race up at uh, Road America Trans Am series and they switched over to NASCAR and then he came up through I believe the ASA series raced at Milwaukee a couple times if I recall correctly and you know he's one of these kids he just he's not a kid anymore but he's been kind of in and out of the series and kind of runs partial schedule and a little bit of a full schedule and now he's He's got a, he had a good ride last, good truck last night to run in. And it's like, okay, this is your chance to shine kid. You know, well, here you go. And, and, and the moment came and there it went. Well, that's why I hope it was his spotter that, that messed that up for him. Because you would think, especially with him, you know, like you said, running the limited schedule and everything like that, that, you know, he would sit there and be playing bumper cars to, to get to the checkered and, uh, you know, his move was, whether he was paying attention to the spotter or not, his move was way too late, and he should have done it a half a lap earlier. But that's how it goes. But, you know, fantastic finish. Hopefully tomorrow's the same way. Yeah. Yeah, and then today, too, minus <laughs> Jimmy <Hill. laughs> I'm on Team Timmy. Team Timmy. Team Timmy did not make the race. <laughs> But Johnny Sauter was at his, was it third, third and seven? Yeah, three and seven. Yeah, I think it's three and seven or it's, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's three and seven. Not bad. Not bad. No, not, not bad at all. He's got good equipment, you know, and he's, uh, he's doing okay for himself. He really is at this point. I was shocked that Matt Crafton was able to finish with that truck. I think it had, when they were putting all that bear bond on it, uh, for those who missed it, he got it. He, it was, it was an odd, a, a bit of, I'm trying to remember exactly what happened. He got into the outside wall a little bit and it basically just and peeled all the, the right side, you know, uh, body off of the back of his truck. And they were able to bare bond it on. You know, in the old days, you could take a uh, a mold, one of the molds, and tape it on there and, and kind of redo it. Now they don't let you do that. And you put all that bare bond on there. But when you have kind of like a, a little bit of an appendage sticking out there, you know, when you're at that little speed, those wind finds a way to just tear everything apart. And it, no, it held together. Yeah, it did. I was shocked. I thought for sure we were going to get a caution. Just another caution, a half I a lap after it went green. You know, I, I, I have some bear bond at home. Nice. Yeah, I went and bought some. Have a, <laughs> anybody who owns a, uh, a Chevy S10 or, or a GMC Sonoma pickup truck, the rocker panels all is uh, rust out on them. And uh, we had a, uh, we switched over. We had a Sonoma that was getting very long in the tooth and uh, decided to upgrade and buy another. Cause I, like, I like the S10s. It's a great utility truck just to can't have around and whatnot and and so we bought a uh this s10 and of course look it's in good great shape looks good but it's just you know the rust on the bottom right in the same area right below the, if you follow the b pillar all the way down there's a odd they rust out there for some reason there must be in the design where water gets in there or something because if you look if you notice the s10s they all have that yeah and so i, I went hmm how am i gonna fix this and uh i Got some bear bond, put it on there, and uh, it it's fantastic. I'll, held on for two years, and I had to replace it uh, once more. But I mean, it, it's great stuff for if you need to do some incidental body work. <laughs> that would have been great. I had a '73 Impala 
which was just a, a land yacht, and I had uh, holes on each side of my trunk where I had to, you know, like stuff rugs and stuff in there or anything in my trunk would be falling out on the, on the road. So I wish I would have uh, had a little uh, bond, bear bond for that. Well, uh, picks. Yeah. No, we're, we'll be posting. We got like the whole station involved in picks. So it, it we will post those on Twitter and also on the Final Inspection Facebook page uh, later this afternoon. We'll get those all, all those up. Like uh, Roy Henning from Great Lakes Dragway, he's taking Kyle Bush. Okay, that's a good pick. Yeah, yeah, very good pick. And uh, I'm I I don't know I, I kind of like Dave Blaney for some reason. Ryan Blaney. Yeah, Ryan Blaney. Did I say Dave Blaney? <laughs> Ryan Blaney. I could have said Dale Blaney, his uncle. Well, you know, Blaney won his duel. Ryan Blaney. Uh, yeah, he did. Looks fantastic. Now that he cut his hair, you like him. Uh, you know, starts third. So <laughs> when you, you know. when you drive for the captain, you must look nice. <laughs> That's a very good pick. That's a very good pick. You know, I'm uh, I'm shuffling up my pick. I went with uh, William Byron. Uh, I thought he was going to win um, in his first Byron. race. <laughs> Willie B. But uh, I'm going to switch it and I'm going to go with the Blue Deuce of Brad. Uh, oh, I think Keselowski, he's got the speed and if he can keep defenders on that thing, look out. And obviously he's aggressive when he needs to be. Uh, so put him, put a couple in the wall, Brad, and bring it home. Well, make sure you tune in, check out the Facebook page, the final inspection show. And then, uh, or, uh, also post them on Twitter. You can follow me at Steve Zotke. That's Z-A-U-T-K-E or Jeff, Jeff underscore Orlowski. How do you spell that? O R L O S K I. No W. No. What happened to the W? My great Someone. grandfather took it out. <laughs> True story. I, I, you know, uh, I guess tried to make it sound less Polish. Like uh, Orlowski isn't Polish enough. Yeah, it's like Brad Keselowski, <laughs> who became Brad Keselowski. Yeah, gotta love it. And uh, also make sure you check out the rest of the Daytona 500 picks, too. We will be uh, putting those up on the Internet here shortly on iTunes and also the uh, 105.7 FM, the fan. Dot com. Go to the on-demand section, final inspection show, uh, brought to you by John Paul's Buick GMC, Highway 100 in Greenfield. And make sure you check out Milwaukee Admirals Hockey coming up next here in just a minute here. One minute away, they take on Texas today. And then we got the Xfinity Series uh, race coming up here in uh, about an hour and a half. Yeah. Hour, one thirty Central Time, I think it is. Right in time for nap time. I, I mean, <laughs> all the excitement starts at one thirty for the Xfinity Series. How many How many big crashes? I'm going to say three. That's what I was thinking, three. Yeah. You know, Xfinity, it doesn't matter if, if they're running – you know, if they're running at any track on the circuit, the last five laps or, you know, about 15 laps mm -hmm. is just a total free-for-all. Now, if you're Timmy Hill, can you just, like, drive out when, when they start the race? Can he, like, an F1 start from pit road and just drive out there? I hope he does. I hope he does. <laughs> Poor Timmy. I think we should have a Timmy Hill fan club now. Hey, I'm in. You've been listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway. Stand by for Milwaukee Admirals Hockey. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, the online version, which I guess is, is, is true. Of course, all of our shows are online also, so this is online-only version. I guess you could call it Jeff Orlowski. 
for you hardcore gearheads there. Absolutely. All right. From the Timmy Hill Studios at Sports Radio 105.7 FM, the fan. Poor Timmy. Poor Timmy. In the previous hour, we were talking about the Xfinity Series and how Timmy Hill told, got a total screw job on two drivers get disqualified. And because of the shuffling of the provisionals and speed charts and whatnot, Timmy Hill is out of the race because of that. Yeah. Justice for Timmy Hill. <laughs> Free Timmy. Free Timmy. So what we're going to be talking about here in this bonus section, it's not really a bonus section, I guess. It's it's actually still less than the usual two-hour show, but we're making it an hour show or so, is uh, we'll be talking about the Daytona 500, of course, getting caught up on the news, go through the field a bit, and then we'll also have Eddie Lapine chiming in from Florida, kind of get his feel for uh, what's going on in Florida with all the stuff Daytona down there, and... Uh, get his pick too and we'll also go through all of our picks sounds on, good on good the, to have uh, eddie from back. the, from the uh, studio here the timmy hill studio timmy hill memorial studio so they had final practice today jeff Orlowski. they sure did and who Steve. was the fastest the fastest was bubba wallace your buddy Number 43, Looking Bubba good. He has looked very good this week, hasn't he? He's looked like a veteran out there. You know, um, he's very composed. He ran very well in the draft during the duels. Uh, he's It's very impressive, the showing yeah. that he's put, and the fact that he sat there and posted the fastest time in happy hour is impressive. And, you know, it should, should equal good things to come for him in the 500. Daniel Suarez was second. Now, Suarez led, he had the fastest times in both of Friday's practices mm -hmm. and then comes back uh, with the second place uh, time in happy hour now. So Suarez could be another guy to keep an eye on. And then uh, third was Ryan Newman. Of course, Ryan Newman, who hates racing at Daytona and Talladega with this rules package. But uh, Oz does usually does well. Mm -hmm. He'll either finish well or... Or get into a spectacular accident. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Either finish top five or end up on the on the hood of the car. And then uh, a guy that you originally had p was your pick, William Byron, and now in the twenty four car. Now, don't get confused. This is not the twenty four car and crew, though. Right. This is the five car. This is the car that sucked for eons at Hendrick Racing. The cursed car. Yes. He's, he's driving around. He's got devils following him. So I don't know if, if it – now they've made changes on Hendrick. They've kind of revamped how they're doing things and whatnot, which is good. They had a down year last year. Uh, it'll be kind of interesting to see, though, how Hendrick rebounds. Well, Hendrick should put that five car up for sale on eBay, just the number. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think any race I team totally, would give more than five bucks for I, it. I tell you what, though, I am happy that – Chase Elliott is in the, in the nine. I am too. I just wish it looked like his dad's car. Yeah, a bit. Yeah, but the font of the nine is though. It they is. got the font right. Yeah, because that's the way it was. Um, and that, that's just sponsor stuff, you know. I know, I know. It's tough, but it would it would have been nice if it would have looked more like uh, like Bill's car from back well, like in the Coors? day. Like Coors, like a Coors red or Budweiser red, or well, all of his it, cars are usually red. Well, yeah, they, a you couple know. blue ones thrown in there. Then he had the McDonald's thing for a while, but but the majority they were red cars. The, the, the Melling, the Melling uh, car. Well, Melling when Melling was the sponsor too was red, 
and then he went to Coors, and that was red, and then he went to Budweiser, red, and then McDonald's, red, and then with Ray Everingham, red. Yeah, he had the iconic red and white nine on it, yeah. and uh, it would have been, you know, it'd be nice if it looked like that, which it doesn't, but what about the travesty, and you posted it on, on the Facebook page, uh, the Final Inspection Show. Search that on Facebook. TFI. TFI. For The Final Inspection. No beer sponsors at all in the Daytona 500. Are you kidding me? Right. But they were in The, the Clash. Okay. So, but. What, what, what's this world talking about? Let, let, we'll talk about The Clash. Is it, is it, should we kill it? Yeah. That was boring as hell. It was, it was awful. File. It was, it was horrible. The class, there was not, I was there was on not my, three minutes of that entire was, race that was entertaining. I had the two TVs on. I was watching the second TV more than the first one, and I was on my iPad more. It was awful. It was just like, it's kind of neat once you go, okay, he's in that car, he's in this car. You kind of get, okay, who's running, you know, what car, whatnot. Okay, got it, got it. But uh, the first clash was 20 laps. Boom. Yeah. Should they just do that? Should they just run the clash, um, move it, keep it on Sunday, maybe after qualifying, before qualifying, whatever you want to do, and then just go back to the original concept of a, just a twenty lap race? You might yellow as well. flag. Yellow flags don't count. You might as well. There was, like I said, there was nothing entertaining at all about that. You know, and I forgot. I think it might have been Kevin Harvick who uh, was talking about how they they might need to refigure how they do Daytona because you've got the duels, okay, which ha have been fantastic, and I look forward to them every year. No one goes home. They had 40 cars for a 40-car field. Right. There was no Timmy Hill that's going to, you know, it's, get sent home and not make It's kind of become what Indianapolis has, where Indianapolis used to be a full month back in the 50s and 60s. Guys would run hours and days and days for practice and whatnot. You had multiple qualifying sessions, and now it's pretty much down to a, a week, you know, and then before the the first week is actually the road course race, and then there's practice, and then there's qualifying, and then there's a week of the lead into the race. I wonder if Daytona would benefit from that, maybe shortening up the week, because now with the television package, when Speed had it in that, it was wall-to-wall -wall coverage. Yeah. You had, I would come home from, from work, turn on speed and there was coverage all week long it was it was awesome it were there was also they were showing all the practices live they were and then they'd rerun them and it was wall to wall daytona coverage is really cool and they did a lot of uh, uh interviews and whatnot and really dug deep and you really got immersed and you after daytona man you were ready for the year if you watched everything but this year you know with fsn i, I mean Granted, they have a lot of other stuff that they that they have to show, but it, it's kind of frustrating. Uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of st stuff on. No, there wasn't. And it was crazy because it was an interview with Kyle Larson where he goes, you know, I'm on my third car of, the, of this week. Yeah. You know, he crashed two cars. So for everything that NASCAR is trying to do with uh, eliminating one guy over another guy over the wall – so now pit stops are going to be interesting right. for the 500. I'm looking forward to seeing how these teams deal with having one less guy over the wall and the gas man can only do gas. Um, 
But for all these things, you know, that they say you, they're trying to streamline costs and save money and save money. Well, you know, Larson wrecked two f- complete race cars. Yeah. He's on his third car, and we haven't even had a real race yet. Yeah, and, and we t- talked briefly about it in the first half hour that we did on air about the aero package that they have. It seems to be the cars are a little bit harder to drive. And then also what we saw in the twin 125s is if you get behind somebody, it's really easy to wreck them. And we saw that with Ricky Stenhouse. I have a quote here um, from Ricky about that. Uh, One second here. Um, Let's see here. But the driver of the 17 Roush Fenway Racing uh, Ford was shocked at how quickly the rear end of William Byron, one of the guys he uh, spun around, snapped around when Stenhouse poked the nose of his fusion to the inside of Byron's car in the first 150-mile racing, 150-mile qualifying race. Uh, the Hendrick Motorsports rookie was a victim of aerodynamics when uh, Stenhouse took the air off the car. Uh, Byron nosed into the outside wall, forcing him to a backup car, and Stenhouse said, I was really surprised at the 24 because we were almost uh, on the back straightaway, he said. Uh, it was a bit interesting that his car must have been that loose because we were hitting the tri-oval and back onto the straightaway. And then later in the, the event, he also did the same to David Gilland, uh, where he just ca- kind of got behind it. It's kind of a way of uh, – uh, we saw this, too, I, I want to say a few years ago, too, where you were kind of in what you would call, if you're driving a regular car, like in your blind spot, mm-hmm. that blind spot shot, where if the car – on the that's trailing is on the port side or the driver's side uh at daytona it, it has a tendency to take the the air off the spoiler and the stack car really snaps around it'll be interesting to see if that continues in the 500 yeah it will because it looked like either very little or no contact was made and it just spun them right around into the wall into a backup car mm-hmm. you know too bad so sad obviously Byron's not crying about it being fourth in uh, in happy hour practice, so his backup car still has speed. But uh, but yeah, that's just an, another another example of uh, you know why Daytona is great and why it's an exciting race. And you know it's I I'm I'm looking forward to it. It'll be interesting to see if that's actually used as a weapon towards the end of the race. Oh well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> I would. You know, Kaz Grala probably wouldn't. You know, I think he's lobbying for turn signals. But uh, but I would use it as a weapon, absolutely. And then uh, I this I totally miss about Denny Hamlin. Uh, Denny Hamlin says he was joking with 70% of the drivers use Adderall. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a touchy subject because uh, there is a driver that got suspended because of that. There AJ, sure was. Jay Allmendinger. And... Uh, yeah, Denny said that. Denny got called into the NASCAR hauler, uh, got whisked away right after uh, he left. So nobody, you know, he wasn't able to to answer any questions about it. And then later says he was joking. So, you know, it's a common excuse. I use that with my wife all the time. Sorry, baby. Yeah. I was just joking when I said <laughs> whatever I put my foot in my mouth for. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things you – we would probably be surprised at what really happens with some of these guys. And it's like that in every sport. And so am I, am I shocked about it? No. Do I think he was joking? No, no, no I, don't. I don't think he was either. 
But I don't think he's using that at all. I think he's just saying that they're idiots. Well, you know, not saying if you take Adderall, you're an idiot. If any, <laughs> if any listener is on Adderall, <laughs> I'm not calling you an idiot, but I'm just, I, I, I you know, that Denny Hamlin's the last one that should uh, be criticizing other drivers. I think Hello. he's he's had his boners throughout the uh, throughout his racing career. Well, and it's funny because uh, he sat there in an interview a couple of days ago, said that uh, his biggest regret was uh, when he dumped uh, Chase Elliott. Uh, last yeah. season well and, and that was should have been you know and he did a joy logano and logano re- remains to be seen if he if he recovers from that but uh yeah it, it's it's not a great deal you have faith in logano this year no no i, I got him on my one fantasy pool i'm i'm debating i got to turn Just the because the, in today. The, the teams are so and he was he was a value you know it was a value pick yeah i'm always looking for value for those not uh, one, we there's a Winterhawk uh, pool that we're all, all in. A Sparky got me into probably about ten years ago, and uh, it, it it's a it, it's a lot of fun because you just pick the drivers at the beginning of the year and that's it. Speaking of which, I've always been in a Yahoo fantasy league and that's gone this year. Yeah. In fact, uh, I want to talk to Eddie Lapine about that. Eddie's going to be joining us here in just a few minutes. See if he if he's even aware of that. That Yahoo killed off their auto racing pool is actually their NASCAR pool. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting that uh, you know there's a that's that's kind of interesting that they did that. It's, it is, and it was interesting because when we first started to do it. Uh, John Wiedemann from RacingNation.com and I both had uh, competing leagues, and we'd have anywhere from 50, 30 to 50 people in, e- in either league, some in both of obviously. But as the years went on, it got less and less and less. And last year, we had a hard time. We combined the leagues, and we had a hard time getting 20 people. Well, it's tough because, you know, daily fantasy uh, has taken over a, a lot where guys don't join regular leagues like me and you are in, and they just do DraftKings or whatever. And do you think it's for serious gambling? Yeah, yeah. You know, I I am in a fantasy basketball league right now that I haven't checked in three months because I don't care about it because it's my not league? worth any money. Is that my league? I, I, it might be. <laughs> but, you know, I don't care. If there's no money on the line, it's not Yeah, it's but not you have a responsibility when, if you join a league to at least try something. I guess, you know, all right, so you're guilty of being. I'll, I'll check it today, reshuffle my guys, and then I'll come back in a month and do it again. But, uh, you know, you got to have money on it to make it interesting. So do I think that Yahoo dropping it is, is necessarily, you know, a horrible black cloud? No, because... DraftKings and uh, I can't remember the other one, but you know I'm sure that, Fanball, yeah, Fanduel, Fanduel, Fanball is another one. Okay, so. you know I, as long as they still have NASCAR and you can still gamble on NASCAR at the online casinos. Fanball doesn't like have that. NASCAR though. Yeah, well that's why I don't know them. Okay. <laughs> All right, well let's go let's go ring up uh, Eddie Lapine and, and uh, we'll be back in one moment. All right, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show or Daytona 500 Special. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Welcome to the show, Eddie. Hey, Steve. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? Happy New Year. 
Thank you. I uh, appreciate you coming on. And of course, uh, Eddie's calling us from Florida, nearby Orlando, but Orlando's close enough to Daytona. What well, what's uh what's the vibe down there for uh for the Daytona 500 this year? I mean, it's pretty exciting to start, you know, the kickoff of the new year. Lots of new drivers, you know, all the young guys are making a name for themselves, and I think that's what you're going to see tomorrow. Um, I think the changing of the guard is definitely uh, a factor for this year. Yeah, certainly with all the young drivers, uh, you know, sad to see, of course, you know, like drivers like Matt Kenseth go, but we have the, you know, the William Byron's uh, joint, you know, joining up through the ranks and, 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 uh, you know, so, I mean, it, it, it's definitely a change. Uh, Eric Jones and those guys, um, I, you see it in my fantasy pick and my fantasy team where, uh, before you joined us, Jeff and I were talking about a little bit of fantasy auto racing and that were, were you, were, were you aware that the, the Yahoo had dropped their auto racing, uh, fantasy teams this year? Yes, I I really am. I I just thought that that was a big thing, and obviously, it must not be serving its purpose at Yahoo. Right. Yeah, I was kind of surprised uh, by that. Jeff Jeff doesn't think it's a, that big of a thing because of the other fantasy outlets that are out there. But I, I'm I'm kind of like it, it. It's not like you know you know NASCAR is done in there, but it's it, it's a little bit of a, a crack in the armor. I think it's just it's. Definitely, kind of changing. Uh, kind of, you know, I, I like, I, I, I like Yahoo the way they run their fantasy sports. I think their fantasy football. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Jeff? Uh, kind of like platform or platform setup. or yeah, is is one of the best out there. It is. And and it is. you know, I like the their 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 how they did their racing fantasy teams, you know, where you can pick it every week. You know, some people don't like it. But for me, I always thought it was advantage because you know, especially if you know what drivers do better at certain tracks, you can use that to your advantage. What about you, Eddie? Yeah, you would. I, I just, I'm, I'm really shocked at what's going on. You know, just even with the demographics and everything that's taking place. You know, even at Daytona this year. Or, you know, I mean, I think they're even uh, having a little problem selling the tickets, which is kind of shocking to see that happening now yeah i mean on one end you got to give them credit for for redoing that daytona and i always get get a kick about kick about how they call it the daytona stadium it's like once again that that kind of stick and ball envy that they have they yep. want to call it a stadium or whatnot but it is a beautiful facility at eddie's i i have not seen it yet it's been a couple of years since i've been back down to daytona but eddie's been there and it's quite the spectacular uh, stadium, <laughs> for the lack of a better word, well, isn't it, Eddie? You know what? Uh, I was just there a few weeks ago for the 24-hour race, and uh, it actually was the first time I was this year was in the stadium area up in the grandstands, and we did a story on Racing Nation about uh, the spotters that are involved in racing, and uh, it, it was very nice up there. I the the suites are awesome i mean it, it is completely not the same place and they did really a phenomenal job with it with the sponsors having all their own suites and everything it, it it's 
I'm telling you, it's it's a great place to a vantage point to watch the race from there too. It's completely different from when I saw it a few years ago up there. Yeah, so I mean, you gotta give them credit for Daytona and you know Speedway Corp for you know putting together the money and saying, hey, we're okay, let's get the fans out here. But it, you know, it has to be uh, a full it has to, everybody has to be on board with this, including the I think the biggest reason why uh, attendance went down is the motels, motels and hotels that used to gouge these fans in the past, especially at places like. Uh, uh, Darlington and uh, uh, Bristol and some of the other places where, you know, uh, they're back in the 80s and that there were families and that that could go to two or three races a year. And the price point got so high that they could only go to, uh, you know, one race a year, basically. And some are maybe decided uh, they can't afford a, even a race a year and maybe go every other year. Well, I think, Steve, you're totally right. I mean, just even at the 24 hour race, the hotels jumped the board of trying to price gouge people that were coming because that was probably the most attended race for 24-hour race that I've ever seen, and I've been going there over 20 years. And uh, they definitely had a price increase on the hotel accommodations nearby. Uh, And that's a real turnoff. And, uh, you know, these fans, it costs a lot of money just to get the tickets and then if you look at lodging and food and you see them staying at home and watching it on their high definition tv yeah it is a turnoff but it's not like the packers don't do the same thing if you want to sit there and get a hotel up in green bay on a game weekend you have to spend two nights they won't let you just get a hotel for saturday night or for sunday night if you plan on having a bunch of beverages at the game you have to buy two nights and, uh, know. you know, they yeah. raised their prices as well. I went up there, and this was probably, you know, 20, I don't know, maybe 15, 18 years ago, me and a buddy. And uh, we stayed at, you know, some crappy motel, and it was 175 a night. Wow. And that was that was in Green Bay, and that was 18 years ago. So, you know, it, they do it everywhere. But it does, it, it is bad, and it definitely is a turnoff. But it's funny because you hear about like the the new stadium in Atlanta. Um, they've got you know the the bargain basement concession prices, and they sold more and made more money having two dollar hot dogs and you know two dollar sodas than they did when they were selling seven dollar hot dogs. I know, I know, because when people think they're seven dollars, they're gonna plan ahead and and eat before they get there or have another option. But it's just everybody's trying to tap into, you know, getting the fans money. And they should really just let them just come and, and be fair with the prices. I think that's it's not good that way. Yeah, I agree. I think that's why uh, Eldora is such a destination uh, track <laughs> for all these people. It is. Yeah. You know, because they've got the same thing. And uh, the Masters in Augusta for golf, they do it, too. It's going to cost you, you know, a, a kidney and a half to walk in the door. But once you're in there, beer is two bucks. A hot dog's a dollar. You know, they don't they don't just keep sticking it to you. Right, right. Yeah, well, I mean, the light's going to come on. I mean, you're seeing it in all the sports now uh, where it's affecting, bottom line, the attendance. And 
the you know it's it's gonna, something we're going to have to bust here because it's going to be hard to uh, keep getting sponsors wanting to write out you know ten million dollar checks to come and put their name on the car if people aren't paying attention. I, I thought it was interesting that the Winter Olympics were announcing the ratings, which went down, and they were voicing it and spinning it as a victory because the ratings had only go, gone down a certain percent, whereas in other sports it has gone down more. Now that's good spin. <laughs> the problem is that there's so many different platforms to watch it. Now, you know, the uh, the NFL, when they first had their first game on um, – on, I want to say it was either Twitter or Yahoo. Yeah. You sit there, and anybody that went to that website during the game, and whether you were just on there to search something and, you know, you didn't watch a single play, you still got counted towards the rating. Right. You know, so there's ways to manipulate it and stuff like that, too. But, you know, with all the different options and everything like that, I don't think it's a surprise anymore that more sports are, are going down. You just have to you know, hopefully have a parachute. Well, and and it is the future. I mean, I, I got a new TV and they have this, it's a, you know, smart TV. And in the past, smart TVs, you know, basically said it had an internet connection, but it wasn't easy to get onto. But now with this smart TV that, that I got, it's a Toshiba. It's, it is a one button press to get to where I want to go. So, and they have them on for, whether you're a Netflix, Amazon subscriber, YouTube, you know, we're, we're an Amazon subscriber, so I, get, I can watch movies, whatever I want through Amazon or some of their series. And then the, 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 the real neat thing is YouTube, which a lot of people are kind of missing the boat on, uh, where they don't really know. And YouTube put, could probably do a better job of promoting itself. I think it's probably a catch-22 because maybe there's some copyright issues on that. But there are some people that have – there there is so many interesting stuff on on YouTube, not only from auto racing and, and different older races that are on there, complete races that people must have taped on their old Betamaxes, which surprisingly was of, was really good quality. And you can tell which ones were the early VHS and which ones were the were, were the Betamaxes because the Betamax was a superior machine for for taping quality and whatnot. But also, uh, old talk shows and that. You know, I, I I'm not a big Three Stooges fan, but it was um, the the remember the old Mike Douglas show. It might be a little bit. You might be a little young for that, but the Mike Douglas was kind of like the Merv Griffin kind of guy daytime. Uh, uh, talk show, but he had he, uh, he had Mo Howard on a bunch of times in the, in the mid '70s, shortly before he died, and they were talking. This was was kind of the the last resurgence of the Three Stooges, um, and then uh, I remember this when I was a kid. That's when I kind of discovered the Three Stooges was in, in, in the mid '70s when they had this resurgence, and it was really interesting. I'm, I'm watching these interviews of Mo Howard on on the Mike Douglas show. It's really interesting, telling the story of how this started and whatnot, and and and, and basically just silly stuff on how to throw a pie. <laughs> you know, he's he's showing he's he's telling you know Mike Douglas how to actually when you throw a pie into somebody's face how to do it the right way and everything. And it's 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 corny, but it was actually kind of interesting. There's just so many things where uh, on a place like YouTube, 
and then they, 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 when you, when the video's over, they say, well, if you like this, you might be interested in these two. And it's that way of, of which all websites try and do now is once they get you into a website, they want you to stay there. And YouTube does an excellent job, especially like if you're, I love old NFL stuff. They have all these old NFL this week in football and game of the weeks. Yeah. Complete, not just the Super Bowls, but these regular, you know, games that were on that they would focus on during the week that NFL Films did. It's fantastic stuff. It really is. You, hearing these old players that you totally forgot about and whatnot. And the old races, too. I mean, a lot of the old ESPN races are on there from the early 80s. But not only that, but some of the early uh, NASCAR races that were still on ABC Wild World of Sports or whatnot or NBC Sports World, th those are on there, too. And it, 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 it's a lot of fun. I mean, you can easily get lost. And, and next thing you know, it's three hours later and you're not watching regular cable TV or regular over-the-air TV. And I'm sure that's, that's a big problem that over-the-air and cable TV has right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I YouTube's awesome. I think you're total, totally right, Steve. I think that's what's happening with, with the new generation. I mean, you turn the TV on. I'm not a big TV person. I don't watch a lot of it, but when you do, I do have that, and, you know, you can get lost in it just oh, yeah. really quickly looking at 20-year-old videos, you know. All right, Eddie, so Daytona tomorrow what what goes on in the Lapine household for the 500? Do you have, you know, do you have a special menu that you're getting together, like the Super Bowl? You got your buddies coming over. Uh, you know what? Walk us through a day in the life of Daytona 500 Day at at your palatial estate. Well, I don't estate. know if it's very exciting, but I'm probably going to get up very early and walk the dogs, and then go to yoga, and probably come back and uh actually just chill out and kind of watch the pre-race so nothing uh, above I'm and beyond interested. i'm sorry Jeff. nothing above and beyond you know like a normal a normal race weekend no not really i think if i had to pick i think for the indy 500 it's a little i have a little more what uh, celebration or maybe a bigger day than Daytona, but I, I'm excited to see what happens this weekend because I think it's it's going to be an exciting race tomorrow. There's going to be, uh, as you saw the truck race, um, I think you're going to see a little bit of that happening, where everybody's going to want to win the race right away. Is there There's is there a lot of Oh, I'm sorry. Is is there still an overflow from Daytona crowds to Orlando like there was back in the 80s and 90s? Not really. It's funny because, you know, the 24-hour the race was going on, and they had the NFL uh, Pro Bowl. And it was just, you know, I mean, two completely different worlds. People here for a different reason. Um, I mean, Orlando has really... The, the traffic has just gotten it's terrible to say the least. Um, it, it's I-4 to Tampa and Daytona race weekend is just horrendous. You better go early. That's all I can say. Hmm. You do anything out of the ordinary, Steve? Because like at my house, I, I do it like the Super Bowl. 
I've got, you know, I've made my menu three days ago. You and, got a spread? What's on oh, the spread? Well, I'm a big appetizer guy. So I've got chicken wings. I've got chicken wing dip, uh, taco dip, a huge veggie tray, cheese, sausage, all that kind of stuff. Chips, cracker, you know, just I'm making, you know, my uh, meatballs that I make all the time. So, you know, it. Uh, I, See, yeah. God, I, I think. Jeff, I think I want to come to your house. Yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually invited over to Russ Lake's house, the Hall of Fame uh, uh, photographer, racing photographer, for his Daytona 500 party, but I've been nursing a torn hamstring, so it's it's kind of hard for me to get into a comfortable spot. And I know when, when he has his parties, there's probably about 20 or 30 people there, and it's not, you know, for – I don't want to be that guy, <laughs> you know, oh, I need to sit here. Could you please move? Cause I have a bum leg this week, you know? So I'm, I'm probably gonna, I told Russ, I'm probably gonna pass, but, uh, so that means, uh, I get to sleep in because usually Saturday nights I've, I'm on YouTube or whatever, <laughs> watching stupid stuff on TV till one, two, three o'clock in the morning and then, uh, crawling out of bed, jumping in the shower and then just pouring myself into the uh um recliner so yeah it, uh, no special menu maybe some leftovers uh that that's in the house but yeah uh trying to trying to eat a little more healthier maybe maybe regular steve, salsa uh, instead uh, of chili con queso <laughs> steve i don't think i'm ever going to look at you the same now that i'm no, you're watching Three Stooges uh, old movies at two o'clock in the yeah, morning. Yeah, three, three Stooges or <laughs> or some stupid uh, Trenton three hundred uh, race from nineteen seventy nine or something. You know, just a lot a lot of stuff to get hopelessly hopelessly get lost. And not only that, I still have my Xbox with uh, my uh, uh, not Gran Turismo, but the other one uh, having a brain fart. Grand Theft Auto? No, 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 the other racing one. Smokey uh, and the Bandit. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> I mean, I I used to be a big video game. I'm not not as much as I used to, but I still do once in a while. And I mean, I I tell you, if I was if I was like 18, 19 years old, because I I remember being you know like 15 years old, we played in television all the time. That's all we did, and. Now the games are so much better. I'd be, yeah, I'd be one of these kids that go into the basement of my parents' house. You wouldn't see me for days. <laughs> I don't think I've played video games besides occasional races of Mario Kart with my kids since college. But Really? Yeah. Never got into it? Not really. Not really. You know, it, uh, it's hard, especially now because the, the controllers are so big. They have so many buttons. You know... Atari you don't, you was, don't have cocktail sausages for fingers. Atari was great because you could sit there and do the joystick with one hand and hold a beer with the other. You know, so I, I'm a big multitasker. So if I can't play and, and have a beer at the same time, well, let's, we got problems. Well, let, let's go to the Daytona 500 picks. We got all the picks here, and we'll also be posting it on online. And, of course, the final inspection page on Facebook, TFI uh, final inspection, and also at uh, SFI1250 on Twitter, and then also, like we said before, Steve Zotke, Z-A-U-T-K-E. Uh, and then, Jeff, how do you spell that odd last name of yours? O-R-L-O-S-K-I, Jeff underscore Orlowski. And Eddie is on Twitter, too, at Fast Eddie Photos. That's Eddie, uh, I-E, and then Photos. I think with an F, though, right? Yes, with an F. Photos with an F. So... 
Um, let's let's go to our picks, and uh, I I'm taking Ryan Blaney, not Dave or Dale Blaney, but Ryan Blaney. Jeff Orlowski, you took Brad Keselowski. Yeah. Fast Eddie, what says you? I'm I'm going with Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott, as yeah. is a lot of people. Uh, let's go through the, the list here that I have. Uh, Sparky, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer taking his favorite driver. Oh, Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick, that is correct. Leroy Butler, Packer Hall of Famer. He's taking Martin Truex Jr. And uh, Rami is taking Bubba Wallace. All right. See, he took Bubba, not you. And uh, Bill Michaels, the big unit, he's taking Brad Keselowski. Radio Joe, former producer of the Final Inspection Show, is taking Eric Jones. Tim Allen thinks like Eddie. He likes uh, Chase Alley, uh, Chase Elliott for uh, Tim Allen. And uh, Bart Winkler, another former pro- producer of the Final Inspection Show, now on mornings uh, on 105.7 FM, the fan. He's taking Denny Hamlin. And Bill Schmidt, Baby Tausch, also a previous producer of the Final Inspection Show. He's taking Brad Keselowski. Anthony Mandel, who sat in for you last week, uh, producing the show. He's taking Chase Elliott as Eddie. And Dennis Michelson from Race Talk Radio, he's taking Martin Truex and his partner in crime. Laurie Monroe is taking Kevin Harvick. Tony DeZino is taking Joey Logano. He's the only one taking him. Wow. Dave Coleman from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel is taking Brad Keselowski. Of course, uh, Fast Eddie is taking Chase Elliott, as is Mitch Ross, another former producer of the Final Inspection Show. He's taking Chase Elliott. Mike Wickett, remember him? Yeah. Wicket. Wicket Pickett Wicket. Mike Wicket, who's now in Kansas City. He's Mike taking Wicket. <laughs> he's taking Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> and finally John Close of Closefinishes.com. He's taking Kevin Harvick. That's a lot of the same. A lot of Chase Elliott's, a lot of yeah. Brad K, a lot of Harvick's, uh, a couple true X's. So, you know, not a whole lot of people thinking out uh you know, besides those few, Eric Jones, I was surprised. Oh, I got one more. I forgot Summer. Yeah, who she's who she Chris Boucher <laughs> for Summer Santana. Yeah, good luck. Oh, and then of course Roy Roy Henning from Great Lakes uh, Great Lakes Dragway. He's taking uh, Kyle Busch. Well, me and Roy disagree on a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> We've had some good Twitter wars. He's fantastic. As is Great Lakes. So, Eddie, we appreciate you joining the show. Good to hear from you. And uh, we look forward to uh, chatting with you about Sebring coming up. When is uh, Sebring? How, how many weeks is that away? March 17th. That's coming up St. quick. Patty's Day weekend. Yeah, one month exactly from today. Yeah. Jeff, you right would on, love on Sebring. Yeah. It's, it's going to be over the top. Would Could it... Eddie, do you think Jeff would Jeff have the ability to, to survive a Sebring weekend camping? Boy, I tell you, the way he sets up his uh, menu for the weekend, I think he'd fit in perfectly. He would. You would love Sebring, as I call it, the West Dallas of uh, Florida. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'd fit in just fine then. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a bit of a dump, but uh, it, it's uh, – it they have fantastic camping facilities and camping parties down there for Sebring at the twelve hour. See, I don't when even need a tent. I'll just sleep in the car. It's, it's spring break. I think the first year I went there, I slept in my car, and 
it I haven't been the same since. <laughs> Don't the campers start up start like showing up on Monday of the of the race? Yeah, Monday, Tuesday. I mean, Wednesday's a real big day, but I mean, it's unbelievable. You you have to uh, witness it. Words cannot describe what goes on there. Well, if you need me as a uh, on-site reporter for RacingNation.com, uh, Eddie, I, I'm open. My English isn't that well, but I'll do my best. <laughs> hey, if you could bring a prescription for medical marijuana, you're in. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> On that uh, I, thought. I could, I could get you hired. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I certainly appreciate and appreciate you listening in on the internet and uh, make sure to subscribe to the final inspection show. You can do that via iTunes and appreciate all the support from all the listeners across the nation for our show. On behalf of Jeff Orlowski and Eddie Lapine, I'm Steve Zotke. Thank you for joining us on our Daytona 500 edition of the final inspection show brought to you by great lakes dragway in union grove this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.